Looking for the coolest 3D printed toys and collectibles on the interwebs? Look no further than Printer Dudes. Check them out at printerdudes.etsy.com and use promo code HOMERUN, that's one word, to save 10% off. That's Printer Dudes, D-O-O-D-S. Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to the eighth inning stretch. Uh, I'm AJ, joined as always by my illustrious co-host, Carson. Um, Carson, we're starting off on a bit of a somber note today. Um, just gut wrenching, heartbreaking news um, out of out of LA. Yeah, it's. Um... It's it's rough out out there in California, everybody. And um, you know, as as somebody who has relatives and friends that live out in the in the California area, this is a uh, this is one concerned Minnesotan tonight. Yeah, for sure. Um, California can't just can't seem to catch a break. Um, so yeah, I mean, just a you know a quick shout out and sending all the good vibes. And all the good energy to everyone affected by the hurricane tropical storm, everyone still being affected by the wildfires. Um, I don't know how many of you saw it, Carson. I don't know if you saw that picture of Dodger Stadium the other day, where Dodger Stadium was basically like the entire ravine area was just underwater, and Dodger Stadium looked like some kind of bizarre island. I got it was like I got like uh, Fallout or Last of Us vibes from it. Yeah, it was it genuinely felt like you were coming out of the out of the shelter in Fallout and yeah. And you're just looking around like what has happened here? Yeah, seriously. Um really messed up stuff. Uh on a much later note, recently Carson the anniversary of Nolan Ryan throwing his 5000 strikeout and I think it's a pretty safe assumption um, I mean, obviously, what else can be said about Nolan Ryan that hasn't already be said? One of the greatest to ever do it. Um, and I'm it's a pretty safe assumption that we'll never see another pitcher even remotely get to the heights that Nolan Ryan got to. No, I, I don't think so. And I mean, my goodness, it was impressive. It was impressive back then. It's impressive still to this day. It, mm hmm. It's crazy to to think about what he was able to accomplish in his career. Yeah, five thousand strikeouts and what seven no hitters? I think. Um, yeah, I think it was seven. Yeah, just utterly ridiculous. I mean, talk about video. You know, putting up video game numbers when video games were still in their infancy. So, um, another pitcher. Uh, this one, I mean, the the Shohei Otani news really shook me, but so did this. Um, maybe in a different way. Uh, Carson Nationals pitcher Steven Strasburg, who, I mean, when he's been healthy, he has been one of the best pitchers in baseball, but has announced that uh, at the end of the season, he's he's hanging up his cleats. Yeah, and the, the rough part is, like you said, when he's been healthy and he's been a guy that has dealt with a lot of health so much in the past few yeah. years um yeah but let's not forget ladies and gentlemen that steven strasberg went like aj said when he was healthy and dealing he was among the best of the best uh, yeah like this is a former world series mvp let's not forget uh yep and by by all accounts from from what i've seen from 
the Nationals, I've, I've never seen anybody tweet or say a bad thing about Steven Strasburg as a teammate. So nope. a, a well-earned retirement for Strass. And uh, he can he can hang his cleats knowing that he had an incredible career. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, obviously he was one of the most, you know, he was one of the most hyped prospects uh, coming into MLB when he was drafted by the Nationals. And, you know, oh, by the way, he just went out in his first ever Major League star, Carson, and struck out 14 batters. Um, so, I mean, that's... <laughs> That's quite a debut. Um, yeah, three-time All-Star, obviously a huge, massive key part of the Nationals championship run in 2019. He was the World Series MVP that year, um, won the 2019 Babe Ruth Award, and also in 2019 was voted All-MLB first team. Um, I mean, yeah, man, you said it. Uh, a a well-deserved retirement and, and also... Also pretty sad because because of all the health and injury issues he had to deal with. I mean, were you know, were it not for all the stuff he had to deal with, like who knows what he could have done. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he could easily I think have gone down as one of the greatest pitchers of all time. Yeah. Yeah, we could have been talking about Strasburg, you know, Steven Strasburg in in Cooperstown someday. So Anyways, um, that's kind of a bummer, and oh, I'm sorry, guys. We're just we're just piling it all on you guys right out of the gate here. But um, I mean, that's this is what happens uh, sometimes, I guess. Um, today also eight twenty four, so it's Kobe Bryant Mamba Day. Um, obviously, you know we lost Kobe and Gianna. Uh, and and all the other victims of that awful helicopter crash a few years ago. Um, speaking of one of the best to ever do it, Carson. Uh, I mean, talk about one of the best to ever do it in Kobe Bryant. Yeah, and one of those one of those where were you moments um, when oh when that, absolutely when that news broke and shook me to my core. But um, yeah, Kobe yeah. Kobe Bryant, if he's not. If he's not one of your best to ever do it, you don't know basketball. Simple as that. Sorry. Like, come at me. Oh, yeah. Like, like at me on the the social media platform formerly known as Twitter, if you must. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not to get too deep into NBA talk here, but yeah, I mean, uh, let's just let's just rattle off Kobe Bryant's resume here because this is just fucking ridiculous. Uh, 1997 slam dunk champion. Oh, by the way, that was his, I believe that was his rookie year. Um, four-time All-Star MVP. Uh, went to the All-Star game who knows how many times. Probably freaking every year he was in the league, basically. Um, the 2008 NBA MVP. Uh, two-time MVP of the finals. Of course, he had the 81-point game. Uh, back in 06, I think it was, uh, against the Raptors. Um, and the icing on the cake, the cherry on top, whatever you want to call it, Carson, five-time NBA champion. Yeah, the, the man's resume is absolutely insane, and much has been said about the man's work ethic. So um, hmm. uh, happy happy Mamba Day to, to those who celebrate, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, yeah, I mean, for me, again, not to get too deep into, you know, whatever here, but for me, uh, Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant are 1 and 1A uh, as the best, you know, I mean, sure, you could get into the debate of the best ever in different eras and whatever, but for as far as players that I personally have watched and I mean, I saw Kobe in person a couple times play the Celtics. Uh, as far as players, players that I've actually seen, I've actually watched, uh, MJ and Kobe are are one in one A of of the best of the best. Yeah, absolutely. And I, God, I wish I was old enough to remember MJ in his in his prime. But um, watching watching Kobe is was magical. Yeah. Yeah, I mean MJ in his prime was MJ in his prime, but I'm not I'm not exaggerating when I say that Kobe in his prime was the close because I mean MJ retired right well retired came back retired again came back again retired again um, yeah we don't we don't talk about M- Michael Jordan's Washington Wizards days um, but you know after after Jordan retired it was like okay. Who's going to be the next, you know, who's the next superstar? Who's the next face of the NBA? And Kobe came in and just, and, and filled MJ shoes as, you know, as close to anyone could come, uh, as close as anyone could possibly come to filling MJ shoes. Kobe did it. Um, even, you know, even Jordan has MJ over the, you know, the years has said as much. Um, so yeah. And, um, and yeah, obviously one of those, like Carson said, one of those, where were you? What were you doing moments? Um, when you heard the news. Um, and uh, I honestly, I remember hearing that or seeing that and thinking it was a hoax. Um, and then, you know, finding out it was real, obviously. But on a much, much happier note, uh, this February, February 8th, 2024 naturally um carson announced today that the lakers are putting a statue of kobe uh outside of um i it's i know it's not the staples center anymore but i can't remember the name of what they call it now kobe's getting a statue basically is the gist of this thing which long overdue and obviously well deserved yeah i mean no no doubt about it uh he should have a statue he he should have he should have everything possible in the Lakers organization. One of the greatest Lakers of all time. Yep. I mean, they've already retired both his numbers. He's he's in the Hall of Fame. So um yeah, that that that'll be a cool moment and uh and also a uh a bittersweet moment to watch that the statue being unveiled and, and everything, obviously, but um all right. From one, ugh, guys, boy, we're just we're just getting off on this thing on a sour note. But uh, Shohei Otani. Speaking of news, you know that you'll remember, you'll always remember where you were and what you were doing when you heard the news. Um, Shohei Otani has suffered a torn UCL. Um, won't pitch again this year. Maybe might never pitch again. We'll get to that in a second. Um, and he's going to get a second opinion, but all signs, Carson, pointing to to that Shohei Otani 
uh, is going to need Tommy John surgery. Obviously, this is going to send shockwaves. It already has through baseball and through. I mean, I can't even. I, I can't even imagine what's going on over what's going on in Japan right now. Uh, Shohei Otani's home country must be losing its collective mind. Um, and a lot of times, a lot of times in these situations, you know, it's like okay, it's just a freak thing. It's an injury. It happens. There's no one really to blame, but. Carson, I'm I'm ready to dish out some blame to the Angels and the Angels staff because it wasn't long ago that Shohei Otani was experiencing, you know, arm discomfort, and they trotted him out there to pitch anyways. Yeah. Um. Hi, um. Uh, Angels, Angels fans. Um. Uh, go ahead and and get your collective grievances out feel free to pause the podcast at this point and scream to the heavens um that is a perfectly justifiable reaction because aj i swear on everything that is holy if the los angeles angels just managed to ruin shohei otani i'm coming for already art moreno's head i'm coming for every everybody's head in that stupid front office yep the the fact that you brought put him out there when he had clearly been experiencing some something in his arm because arm were, soreness yeah yeah there was there was clearly arm soreness there he had been taken out of multiple starts prior to this like it you know if you're in a playoff push i i get it it's all well and good but you have lost four in a row and you're 10 and a half games back of a wild card spot you're you're out you're done like it that is it it's it is what it is you're done no need to let him try and pitch through the pain i don't care if this was his call i don't care if it was the angels call if it was his call somebody needs to be like whoa shohei like no we're not putting back out there but the fact that he went back out there with clearly some sort of arm tightness somebody some somebody's head needs to roll on that sorry yeah no I'm I'm with you, man. I when I heard about this, you know, and it was funny. I was I was watching last night's game or bits and pieces of it, uh, the Angels game. They're playing the Reds, and Shohei Otani. I think he was standing on, uh, I think he was standing on second base, and he kind of he was kind of you know like fiddling with his elbow a little bit. And I thought, well, that doesn't look good. Um, you know, normally when normally when a a, a player is you know, sort of nursing any part of their body, you know, it's, you know, it's not good. And then of course, lo and behold, the news, the news broke this morning. Um, yeah, the angels, I'm, I'm, I'm sad for Shohei Otani. I'm sad for angels fans. I'm heartbroken for, for Shohei Otani and angels fans. Actually, uh, I'm, and at the same time, I'm absolutely furious at the angels. I mean, the Angels, Carson, the Angels haven't legitimately been in the playoff race all year. And then they go and have this boneheaded strategy at the trade deadline where they think, oh, well, we're not going to trade Joe Aitani. We're going to keep him. Uh, and we're going to, you know, we're going to go all in at the trade deadline and try to make a run at a playoff spot. And and that's blown up in their face, too. Yep. And uh, I just. It's uh, all been for nothing. This was all for nothing. Maddening. Absolutely maddening. 
I I can't even imagine. I mean, and this is you know this is coming from us as fans of of you know as not non Angels fans. I can't even imagine what Angels fans are going through right now because the last you know ten years basically uh, they've wasted Mike Trout. Uh, they've wasted his prime, and now they've gone. And I mean, and the other thing to remember about this, uh, Shohei Otani had Tommy John surgery back in 2018. Yep. Yeah. And somehow came back, battled back from that, which in and of itself is impressive. Is as impressive as hell because a lot of guys don't come back from Tommy John surgery, so. He did though, and now here we are again. So obviously, um, this has already sent shockwaves through all of baseball. Um, sent shockwaves through Japan, no doubt. Um, and now we're in a situation, Carson, where we're looking at this thing and we're going, "Okay, well, one, Shohei Otani was was." Odds on the favorite to be the American League MVP. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't know what the AL MVP race looks like now. Now that he's, I mean, he's, I mean, to to be clear, he's still going to hit. He's still going to play DH, which I don't know if that was his call or the Angels, but that's a dumb idea. Um, I think he should just shut it down for the rest of the year. I mean. It's not like the Angels are going anywhere. They're not making the playoffs. Uh, they've got 30-something games left. Just shut it down so that he can start to get healthy. But this is going to cause chaos in the AL MVP race. Yeah, I just... I mean... For what? For yeah, okay, what? so... Yeah, exactly. So, but let, so let me put it to you this way. I mean, Shohei Ozani has been the stone-cold lock for AL MVP all year. There hasn't been – I haven't seen one – I haven't seen any any doubt about that, nothing. But now, with the injury, I mean, if you're casting your vote for AL MVP, do you still cast your vote for Shohei Ozani in light of what's happened? I mean, his resume certainly – his resume certainly speaks for itself this year, but man, that's a that's a lot tougher decision today than it was yesterday. It's tough, yeah, it is. It sucks. I do not envy people voting for AL MVP. So I mean, just to kind of look at the other, I mean, obviously, you know, Shohei Otani was the Ozon favorite. Um, the other names floated as favorites: uh, Kyle Tucker of the Astros. Please, God, no. Uh, Corey Seager of the Rangers, yeah. Uh, Carson, uh, the the player that Carson is the president of the flame, the fan club, uh, Mister Mr. Randy Arozarena down there in Tampa, and then Marcus Semien, and that's pretty much. I mean, at this point, that's the short list of AL MVP candidates. And I don't know, like you said it, Shohei Otani's resume speak for itself, but I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know if you still vote for him. I, I don't know. Um, God, this just sucks so bad. 
I mean, I would make the argument that, yes, you do still vote for him. There's only 30-something games left in the season. It's not like he's still going to play DH. It's not like his numbers are going to – I mean, his performance is obviously going to suffer because he's going to be – even hitting with a torn UCL is going to be – is going to suck. It's not like his numbers – it's not like he's going to go off a cliff and his numbers are going to – you know, his his – his MVP caliber numbers are still locked in. Yeah. And it's just, Oh, I don't, I don't even know what else to say other than for what angels, for for what (laughs) you're not going to be angels in the outfield. You're going to be outcasts in the outfield. All right. Yeah, seriously. Um, yeah, I don't I don't even know. Uh, there better be some, (laughs) Well, today is a day where we've already seen some accountability in other areas. Um, and it's time for it's it's which is long past due. Um, but somebody and I don't know who Carson, I don't know where to start with the Angels, but someone in the Angels organization has to be held accountable for this. Whoever was like, oh, no, 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 you're you're OK, Shohei. Yeah, yeah, you'll be fine. Whoever whoever that person was, I don't know if it was a trainer or I mean, I hope I really hope it wasn't the manager. But whoever that was. Whoever those people were. Need to go. I mean, the angels, the angels need to blow this thing up uh, and and. They need to blow it up, burn it down, whatever you want to, you know, however you want to put it. Take the wrecking ball to it. Um, this is like the signal of the end times for the Angels organization. Yeah, it's, oh my goodness. If if they manage <laughs> to ruin one of the greatest players to ever play the game, I'm mm. going to be so upset. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that would really suck if their stubbornness slash incompetence, whatever else you want to call it. Um, I mean, obviously, so he's going, he's, we don't know for, to be clear, we don't know for sure if he's going to have Tom, if he's going to have to have Tommy John surgery again, but it, it sure looks like it. Um, you know, so he has the Tommy John surgery He's got the, but even if he has Tommy John surgery again, Carson, the odds that he's going to be able to pitch again are pretty slim. Yeah, I mean, unfor. I mean, I hate to you know be a downer, but it sure feels that way. And I mean, that might be the most soul crushing part of this. Is obviously at this point, this is reckless speculation, but if. Right. If he never pitches again, the the Angels single-handedly ruined one of the greatest two-way stars to ever play the game. Period. Yeah. A once in a I mean, you hear people all the time, you hear people call me unicorn, well, he is uh because he's the first legit two-way player since, you know, some guy named George uh, you know, Babe Ruth. So, um yeah. I, I just I'm I'm just sick about this whole thing. Um so again, reckless speculation. If he's not able to pitch again, 
if he's not able to be the two-way player that he's been, um, I mean, silver lining, I guess, Carson, he's still one of the best hitters ever. Um, but this clearly, I mean, it wasn't, I mean, we were just talking about how he could fetch, you know, upwards of 500, 600, you know, million dollars this offseason and ESPN valued his contract at 700 million plus and all this other stuff. If he can't pitch that, that changes. Yeah, it's, uh, that's, that's a scary world. I don't don't know if I want to be in that world anymore. I mean, and also, I mean, I guess another thing to think about is, uh, I I can't believe I'm I can't believe I'm going to I can't even believe I'm going to utter these words about Shohei Otani. He's somebody. He is going to. He's somebody is going to sign him this winter because he's sure as hell. I mean, any chance of any chance of him going back to the staying with the Angels is that's done. That's that's a done deal, obviously, especially after this. Somebody is going to sign him this winter. Somebody is going to pay him a lot of money to come play for their team. We know that. And I, oh god, I I can't believe I'm even going to say this about Shohei Otani, but Carson, because you know, two elbow injuries, possibly two Tommy John surgeries, the possibility that he may never pitch again. Do teams this winter? I I can't even get the words out. Do teams do possible free agent suitors for Shohei Otani this this winter? Do they do they do they pause? Do they have pause? Do they do they maybe hesitate a little bit and go? Uh, maybe we don't want to pay this guy as much or sign him to as long a contract. You know. Two Tommy John surgeries, two UCL tears. That's that's a lot. Yeah, that's that's almost too much for anybody to really try and come back from. But it's especially in the world of baseball, that's very hard to come back from. Yeah, I mean Tommy John surgery. If you're a pitcher, is basically you know that's it. I mean, how many we've seen so many pitchers over the years that have had Tommy John surgery and came back and weren't themselves or just didn't never came back. So, um, yeah, I mean, this is obviously, this is just a crappy situation all around. Um, obviously our good vibes and good thoughts and everything go out to Shohei Otani, uh, to angels fans to, you know, um, yeah, this, this, this just sucks. Um, anyways, so that's that, uh, well, that's not that, I mean, this is obviously, Carson, I think it's safe to say this is going to be the biggest story for the rest of the year and, and, and beyond. Yeah, absolutely. There are going to be, there are going to be some interesting conversations, I think, going on. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, this is. Obviously, something we're going to keep an eye on. Um, you know, we'll keep you guys, we'll keep you guys up to date on everything going on uh, with as this, you know, as this whole thing unfolds. And um, yeah, this this just sucks. Um, all right, let's let's take a quick break, 
Uh, and when we come back, I promise we will talk about more lighthearted stuff. Um, you're listening to the eighth inning stretch, and we'll be right back. Looking for the coolest 3D printed toys and collectibles on the interwebs? Look no further than Printer Dudes. Check them out at printerdudes.etsy.com and use promo code HOMERUN, that's one word, to save 10% off. That's Printer Dudes, D-O-O-D-S. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. Um, yes, so hopefully we got all the heavy stuff out of the way. Let's talk about some lighthearted stuff. Let's stick in the American League West. Let's talk about let's talk about my Seattle Mariners, Carson, because these guys, Julio Rodriguez in particular, uh, went on a stretch uh, of having of of recording 17 hits in the span of four games. Oh, by the way, a major league record. Uh, in that stretch, uh, hit 568, a 1.417 OPS, two homers, six RBIs, seven run scores six stolen bases, American player of the week. And during that stretch, the Mariners won eight in a row. They're, oh, by the way, now only a game and a half out, out of first place in the AL West. Um, I'm watching this thing, I'm wa- and obviously I'm ecstatic because, one, they kicked the crap out of the Astros. Um, and two, uh, I feel extremely vindicated because I've been saying, you know, Everyone was giving this team up for dead, you know, not too long ago. And I sat here and went, you know, the Mariners haven't played their best baseball yet. Um, But I'm watching this whole thing unfold, Carson, and I'm going, I'm getting, I'm getting 2007 Rockies vibes from this team. The 2007 Rockies who went on a very similar, they won something like 21 out of, I don't even remember. It was like 21 out of 25 games or something in 07 just to get to a tiebreaker game and then had to win that to get to the play to get into the playoffs. Um, this Mariners team, this might be this might be the most impressive run that we've seen, at least, you know. Yeah, I gotta modern, say I'm speaking, uh, I'm quite impressed uh, with with what I'm seeing out of these Mariners. Not something that I thought that I would see, but uh, not something I thought I would see or say necessarily, but no, um, you know, I thought this team was kind of dead in <laughs> dead in the water, dead in Puget Sound, and uh, here here they come, kind of rising out of the ashes, <laughs> held on to the second wild card spot right now, and um, uh, rising I like guess a you could say that, crack sure. in, you might say. um no seriously i mean i'm gonna i'm gonna do it carson i'm gonna quote well first of all i don't get very many of these so to all you doubters not you excluded carson to the rest of you to all you doubters and all you haters who have been piling on me all year all last year and all this year oh the mariners aren't that good blah 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 blah, yada 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 whatever i don't get very many of these so i'm gonna take this one i told you so uh and second carson i'm gonna quote our good friend denny green and say they are who we thought they were this is the mariners team that everyone expected okay maybe not everyone but this is the mariners team that a lot of people expected 
to see right out of the gate in April. They looked at, you know, myself included, looked at this team and went, they they brought back the core from last year that the team that the the the, the team that finally ended their playoff drought and uh you know got made some you know made some additions over the winter they went they went out and got Teoscar Hernandez looked at this team you know at the beginning of this year and went this is a good team this is this these guys are legit and then. Well, they did what they did last year, and they basically played 500 baseball until the last couple months, and then, boom, here they go. But in all honesty, this is how they should have been yeah, playing all I along. I mean, with the amount of talent that they've got, certainly goes to goes to show they should have been playing like this the whole time. Uh, I wish they would have given us Teoscar Hernandez, but that's a different story. Yes. Teoscar Hernandez to your twins. Oh yeah, that would have been that would have been a nice pickup for the twins. Um, I honestly, when we got when we got to the trade deadline, I thought, okay, they might actually they might trade Hernandez if they think that they're, you know, not in this thing. But man, I don't know, I don't know what it is about Jerry Depoto, the Mariners GM. I don't know, like he's got a crystal ball or a time machine or something, but he sees these things coming. Like he, you know, I mean, the only move really the Mariners made at the deadline yeah, was they traded much. Paul Seawall. That, that was solid. And, and that was, and that yeah, was because they I had mean, an embarrassment of riches of pitching. You know, looking back on it, if they had kept Paul Seawald, would that have helped or would that have hurt? It's an interesting question. And we think they just, they kind of looked at their bullpen and went, okay, we have an embarrassment of riches in pitching. Not that Paul Seawald didn't do a lot of great stuff for this team last year, but, you know, I think they kind of looked at it as we can move him somewhere where he can, you know, where he'll actually get playing time and make a difference. And lo and behold, he is making a difference for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Um, and in a weird Twilight Zone sort of twist, uh, had this had the save I think it was in the in a recent game against the Rangers that helped the Mariners climb back into the AOS race um so yeah I mean the Mariners are just I mean what a what a run um so Carson we must ask the question based on what we're seeing from the Mariners, based on the fact that they're finally playing up to their talent level, based that Julio Rodriguez is the hottest player on the planet right now, although Trey Turner may have something to say about that. Um, pretty simple question. How far can this Mariners team go? What's the ceiling? Uh, for ceiling, I would say, would be... I could see them making it to the ALCS. Um I mean, but again, a lot of that depends on kind of how they finish out the regular season. Because as we've seen in the past, AJ, it's all about it's all about momentum, and you know, struggling in the regular season but still making the playoffs can can yep. hurt a team come playoff time. Yeah, I mean, the teams that the the I mean, well, we don't have to look far back. 
we only have to look as far back as last year in the Phillies. I mean, the Phillies kind of did the same thing. The Phillies last year started out, did not start out well. Uh, Joe Girardi fired. Um, and then they got a new manager. They got healthy. And, you know, they went on to run all a, you know, I wouldn't say a, a well, yeah, I mean, it's kind of an improbable, unlikely run uh, all the way to the World Series, which, you know, I mean, they came up a little short, but um, that's a perfect example of a team getting hot at their Phillies got hot down the stretch and they rode that wave all all the way to the World Series. And I would venture that, again, this all depends on, I mean, there's 30 something games. There's a lot of, there's 30 something games left to go, Carson. There's a lot of, there's still time for things to go terribly yeah, wrong for the Mariners. Certainly so. There's, yeah, there's still time for the wheels to come off of this thing. I mean, I'm not saying that's what's going to happen. Don't at me, Mariners fans. Don't send me angry emails. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen. Purely reckless speculation, because that's what we do best here, Carson. But if the Mariners keep up this pace, which, I mean, they're going to come back to Earth eventually. You know, they're not going to, you know, win their last 30-whatever games. But if they keep up this pace, if Julio Rodriguez stays hot, and if, I mean, the whole team's hot, but Julio Rodriguez has just been, you know, en fuego. Uh, If they keep this up, if they keep up the pace, I mean, their their ceiling is their ceiling is as far as they want to go, um, because I think we've talked about before and we've both agreed that this year's playoffs are going to be more wide open than yeah, the playoffs absolutely. have been it's in be quite some time. Very interesting, that's for sure. I mean, there's not there's not one team. Okay, maybe in the National League, maybe the Braves are that one team where you look at them and go, you know, they're the team to beat. But the American League is, you know, I mean, the Astros, the Astros aren't the Astros of the last few years. Um, the Rangers have been a bit exposed as of late. Um, I honestly, and I'm not just saying this because I like the Mariners, and I'm not just saying this because I picked them to win the World Series for the second year in a row. This is, I, this is, how far they go is entirely up to them. Um, their ceiling is as far as they want to go. Yeah, it's all, I guess it's all about one of, it's all about what they want to do at the end of the day, so. They, they pretty much control their own destiny. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, wow, talk about a run. Uh, so the trade deadline obviously has, you know, come and gone. Um, but some new name, some new, some, some players with their new teams that are just making all kinds of difference. And these are uh, some names we talked about a lot, Carson, and some names we didn't. We obviously talked about Jordan Montgomery with the Rangers uh, as of, uh, well, yeah, as of a couple days ago, um, he had thrown 26 innings for the Rangers, a 1.73 ERA and 26 Ks. Uh, Lance Lynn went to the Dodgers, 25 innings pitched, 1.44 ERA. 
Um, Tommy Pham, Carson, a name we definitely didn't talk about much at the trade line. Tommy Pham with the Arizona Diamondbacks, a 790 OPS and nine extra base hits. Yeah, um, sorry, Tommy Pham. What? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's wild. Yeah, yeah um, that Tommy Fam. Good job, Tommy <laughs> Fam. That's for sure. Um, I mean, all of these guys clearly have been killing it in their new situations. I mean, Michael Lorenzen had a had a no hitter not too long ago. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Lance Lynn. It feels like kind of threw a no hitter in his second start um, with the Phillies. Jordan Montgomery. I have always said that that man was an underrated pitcher. Um, Tommy Tommy Pham, nice to nice to see that from him. Yep. All all of these guys have been having phenomenal phenomenal starts with their new team. But here's the one that really jumps out at me, and I can't. This is not the name on this list that I thought would be the one that I would look at and go that this one would be the one that jumped out at me. Josh Bell with the Miami Marlins. A 1.006 OPS, yeah, a thousand OPS, and seven home runs, and hasn't even played twenty games. Yeah, with the, um, with the hi Marlins everybody yet. who thought that um, that thought that Josh Bell was overrated. Yeah, hello, he'd like to have a word with you. Go ahead, pick up the phone. Go ahead. I mean, wasn't it just last year we were talking about how Josh Bell was the forgotten piece or yes. was perceived as the forgotten piece in the Juan Soto trade? And now look at him. I mean, the idea that he was the forgotten piece in that trade was ridiculous to begin with, but look at him now. Uh, absolutely tearing it up down there in Miami in South Florida. Um, and boy, do the Marlins need it. So, um Crazy stuff. Yeah, I mean, bravo and well done to all these guys who are who are making a splash uh, with their new teams. Um, so from trade deadline to rookies, um, this big surprise from The Athletic, uh, Jim Bowden has ranked his top 10 uh, contenders for AL Rookie of the Year. And we'll just kind of rattle through them and then sort of dig deeper. Um, Gunnar Henderson, third baseman for the Orioles. Uh, no surprise there. Uh, Josh, uh, Josh Young, the third baseman of the Rangers. Uh, Masataka Yoshida of my Red Sox. Um, Anthony Volpe, the shortstop for the Yankees. Tristan Casas, the first baseman for the Red Sox. Uh, Yiner Diaz, the catcher for the Astros. Uh, Edward uh, Julian. Julian, uh, second baseman of your Minnesota Twins, Carson. Uh, Michael Garcia, the third baseman of the Royals. Zach Nito, uh, Neto, shortstop for the Angels. And Estori Ruiz, the center fielder for the A's. Um, this is quite the list. I don't necessarily know. I don't necessarily know if I agree with the order that I'm, Mr. I'm going to be honest. I'm just, I'm just happy to see Eduardo Julian get some love. I'm I'm happy to see Edward Julian get some love. That's that's great. Um, but as 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 much as I love as yeah. much as I love the Canadian that sensation cool. that is Edward Julian, um, I mean 
at this point, there's only really two top front runners, right? <laughs> it's it's Josh Young and Gunnar Henderson at this point for me. It's it's between those two. Um, at this point, I would give it to Josh Young personally, uh, but you could certainly make the argument for Gunnar Henderson as well, who has been yep. absolute tear. Okay, so let's. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Gunnar Henderson is definitely the front runner, I think. Um, so I mean, let's let's compare their stats for you know, uh, Gunnar Henderson, twenty two years old. Uh, his WAR sits at three point five. Uh, two thirty eight is is his his stat line. Two thirty eight. Uh, three twenty two. Four fifty five. Uh, 17 doubles, 19 homers, 56 RBI, 6 stolen bases. Josh Young, 25 years old, uh, a war of 2.4. His stat line, 274, 323, 489, 24 doubles, 22 home runs, 67 RBIs, and a stolen base. Um, I know Gunnar Henderson is like the, you know, kind of the perceived front runner, Garza, but... Numbers don't lie. Josh Young's numbers are, well, one, his his numbers are better than Gunnar Henderson. Um, yeah, I think I'm with you. I think were, it, were, were I to somehow have a vote for Rookie yeah, of the Year, I've, honestly, uh, yeah, I've I would had, go with I've Josh Young. being Josh Young since the All-Star break, if not sooner, um, simply because – and. No disrespect to Gunnar Henderson. Gunnar Henderson yeah. has been absolutely on a tear for the second half. No. Josh Young has been doing this consistently all year long. Yes. Consistently. Yep. He sure has. Yeah. Josh Young has been, he came out swinging, uh, literally came out swinging for, I mean, right from the get-go. Um and even more impressive, Josh Young's numbers, because uh, it wasn't long yeah, ago that I'm he broke honest, his thumb. I forgot that he had broken his thumb, but yeah, all all the more impressive. Broke his thumb on, yeah, broke his thumb on August sixth. Had surgery, uh, a plate and screws to stabilize the fracture. Um. And I think maybe, I mean, we talked about the offensive stats, but Josh Young, I mean, not that, again, no slate to Gunnar Henderson, obviously. Uh, Gunnar Henderson is a damn good defender in his own right. Um, but Josh Young has one of the most, one of the strongest and more importantly, most accurate arms, Carson, that I've seen at any position, especially at third base, yeah, uh, and I mean, in quite some time, he was—he's insane. I mean, I—I I really don't know what else to what else to say other yeah, than he's a beast. Give this man the rookie of the year. Yeah, I mean, both of these guys, Gunnar Henderson and Josh Young, no question at all that these guys are going to be stars. Uh, they're both stars in the main. They're already stars. They're going to be stars in in MLB for for years to come. Um, I do, however, want to talk about my boy Masataka yesterday, though. Uh, well, first of all, Tristan Casas, uh, Tristan, I love you, man. You're my you're my, you're my boy. But uh, Tristan Casas not 
not rookie of the year material. Um, I will admit uh, he has drastically improved. He started the season hitting 133 uh, and has got himself up to, you know, a respectable, uh, you know, 256, 16 doubles, 20 home runs, 48 RBIs. He's been a big part of the Red Sox, what they've done this year. Um, he's been one of the consistent, uh, one one of the consistent pieces on that roller coaster Red Sox this year. But Masataki Yoshida, all right. Here's here here's my this might be my only issue with with Mister Bowden's list here. Yes, Masataki Yoshida is a Major League Baseball rookie. This is his first year in Major League Baseball. But Carson, Masataki Yoshida is not a rookie in, you know, he's a he's technically a rookie in terms of MLB. The dude's 30 years old, and I'm not taking anything away from what he's done because he struggled too out of the box. But, damn, once he figured it out, once he started figuring out MLB pitching and, and how to hit it Fenway and how to play Fenway, uh, he's taken off like a, like, like, I don't even know. He's taking off like a, a thing that takes off. Um, but really, it, and no disrespect to Masataki Yoshida whatsoever, but I don't, I don't agree with players who come over here, mainly from Japan. I don't agree with them being in the rookie of the year conversation. I think that's grossly yeah, unfair I agree with to that. actual I mean, you rookies. You certainly make that case. They've had the professional baseball environment but um you know at the same time you could also make that case about guys in hockey coming right. from the khl um you could make the you could make that exact same you could make that exact same case too so i, I see both sides of of that fair. that's fair yeah that is a good point i actually didn't think about that um yeah i mean yeah, Yoshida, Yoshida has turned into a beast for the Red Sox. Um, and I bet all of you who said, five years, $90 million, that's too much. You're all eating the biggest piece of humble pie right now because he's proven all of you wrong. Uh, he might, Masataki Yoshida is worth every penny of that $90 million. Um, anyway, so that's that's kind of where we're at with the rookie of the year. Um why don't we take one last break? Yeah, well, I know you're all going, oh man, you guys are all over the place today. Um, hey, it happens. We're not perfect. Um, yeah, let's let's take one last break. Uh we'll come back, Carson, and we'll talk about the, the this is the thing I've been looking forward to most about recording this episode. Uh we're going to pick our all-time dream infield. This is gonna be a lot of fun. Um, we'll play by or sell and we'll get into the mailbag. Um, you're listening to the eighth inning stretch and we'll be right back. Looking for the coolest 3d printed toys and collectibles on the interwebs. Look no further than printer dudes. Check them out at printerdudes.etsy.com and use promo code home run. That's one word to save 10% off. That's printer dudes. D O D S. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. Into our third set, yeah, third segment. Uh, we're we're all over the place, um, but here we are. Um, 
the moment you've all been waiting for, Carson, the moment I've been waiting all week for, we're going to pick, this was inspired by the way, uh, well, I think I saw a Twitter post about this, a tweet, and then uh, one of you guys, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't remember who it was, uh, wrote in the mailbag or uh, on Spotify and was like, hey, you guys should do this. So here we are, we're gonna pick our dream infield. Um, Carson, this was, this was tough. This was really hard. Yeah. And some, some positions for, for me at least were, were easier than others, but, um, some, some of them were rough. So keep in mind, this is our dream. Like if this is, if we were building an infield, this isn't the best, this isn't the, you know, the best player necessarily. I mean, although in some cases it might be, and I'll be honest with you guys and with you, Carson, I picked an, I had to, I ended up with an honorable mention or like an alternate for all my positions. So, um, because this was just too, anyways, um, let's start with catcher Carson, your dream, your starting, starting your dream infield, starting with your backstop. Yeah, this is one of the ones that was pretty easy for me, considering I got the privilege of watching him uh, growing up as a kid. Uh, Joe Maurer absolutely is the man behind the plate for me. See, this is going to be fun because Carson and I are in slightly different, you know, well, yeah, we're, we're in a, a bit different generationally. So keep in mind that we've seen, you know, there are players that I watched and, and saw play that Carson never got the chance to and players that, you know, are around now that, you know, anyways, um, my catcher, my starting catcher, uh, I went with the one, the only Mike Piazza. One of, a, one of Italy's finest and certainly not a, not a bad pick by by any means, and like um, like you said, I tried to kind of keep it to to the era that I remember. Right, watching yeah. watching baseball. So, um, well, I think our, that's the easiest. Lists, I think are going to differ a little bit. Yeah, which is which is perfectly fine. I mean, I think that's the easiest way to do these lists is go with players that you know that you know that you're familiar with. Um, yeah, so Mike Piazza, catcher. Um, my backup for Mister Piazza. To the surprise of absolutely no one, uh, is uh, Jason Veritek. Shocker. Um, first base. Yeah, first base. Um, I went with uh, Albert Pujols. See, I went with Pujols. Well, Pujols ended up being my backup. I went with Pujols, and then I thought about a player from this season, a player, uh, I mean, Pujols is obviously retired now, but it, another legendary first baseman who's a lock for Cooperstown, uh, who is in the midst of, is winding down his final season in Major League Baseball. Uh, I went with Mr. Miguel Cabrera. Mm, yeah, it was either him or Miggy for me. Uh, yeah. It was, it was pretty hard, but... Um... That was tough, yeah. Um, second base. Second base was extremely tricky. Um, there were a bunch of different, different names that kind of ran through my head. 
Um, but for me, I, I had to, I, I had to do it. My, my Red Sox loving co-host is going to love this. Give me the one, the only Dustin Pedroia. Hey, we picked the same one for second base. Um, yeah, second base was tough, man. I must've went through, I went through quite a few and I, I just kept coming back to PD. So yeah, I mean, Dustin Pedroia, um, Maybe not the best second baseman to ever do it, but certainly uh, he's the man I'd want to have out there playing second base in my infields. Um, and my backup, uh, I went with Chase Utley. That was, it was, for me, it was between Dustin Pedroia and Chase Utley. That was, those were kind of my yep. my two. Yep. Uh, shortstop, though I suspect I know where you're going with this one. Yeah, you, you loved me for the Pedroia pick. You're going to hate me for this one, although seeing them play in the same infield would have been phenomenal. Uh, Derek Jeter, captain, come on down. Um, My deepest apologies to all my fellow Red Sox fans, but I agree with Carson on my dream shortstop. I went with also with Derek Jeter. I, I mean, you, you know, I, I think Red Sox fans will forgive you on this one because, like, come on. As much as I loathe him to this day, and as many times as he tormented my Red Sox, he was a Red Sox killer. Every time the Yankees needed a big hit against the Red Sox, he always came up. Uh, but I tried to base this dream infield looking at it from a defensive perspective, uh, a defensive, a defense perspective, as opposed to, I mean, offense is important. But I tried to build my dream infield based on the best defensive infield I could come up with. Uh, and I'm sorry, but Derek Jeter was a freaking black hole at shortstop. Like any ball hit in his direction wasn't getting through. So um, I did pick a backup and this might be another, I might really need to apologize to Red Sox fans for this. Uh, but my backup Carson uh, is Nomar. Nomar. One of the guys that, um, I actually had a thorough time was one of the guys that I would utilize in uh, backyard baseball back in the day. Oh, hell yeah. And uh, Ooh, one, yeah. Of the, one of the guys who, you know, I, I took, I did take a little bit of his game. I had, I had a little bit of the, <laughs> the, the wiggle with the bat at, at the, at the plate. And adjusting your batting gloves every two seconds. <laughs> I, I did not do that one. I did not do that. Oh my God. Uh, honestly, this the shortstop I could have gone. It was it was down to these two, and it it was basically a coin toss for me because when both of these guys were in their prime, it was a constant debate among fans. Uh, you know, Nomar or, or Jeter. Um, I mean, two of the best to ever play shortstop. Um, yeah, and as far as the bat thing, the back the the batting gloves things go. Let me tell you, everyone who who. I mean, you all know what I'm talking about. You've seen YouTube videos, I'm sure. But even as a Red Sox fan, that was annoying as hell. Uh, even watching Nomar uh, back in the day, it would be like, come on, dude. Enough is enough. Get in the box. Of course, he couldn't. <laughs> seriously, no. I mean, he would every, after every, basically after every single pitch, he would step out of the box. He would adjust his gloves. 
just you can't see me, but I'm doing the nomar thing with my with my wrists here. You would adjust okay, adjust that one, adjust that one. Oh no, the right one still isn't quite tight enough. I gotta fix that one. Dude, you're you just spent freaking ten minutes screwing around with your gloves. Just get in the freaking batter's box already. Of course, he wouldn't be able to get away with that now with the pitch clock, so um maybe it's a good thing he played when he did. Um all right, and last but not least uh in our dream infields uh third base uh yeah so for third base i i got to watch a little bit of him towards kind of the the end of his um end of his career this was also very tough but i have to go with uh chipper jones uh-huh see we were almost on the same wavelength with this one this was this was a tough one too this was another one that came down to two players um, I ended up going with Cal Ripken Jr. Uh, with Chipper Jones as my backup. Solid pick, certainly. If if I would have, I don't know, if I would have had a backup, uh, kind of an underrated name simply because of the, the team that he played on, I would have probably gone with David Wright as my backup. Oh, yeah. David Wright was a damn good third baseman. Um, yeah, you... No. You never got to see Calerkin Jr. play, did you? I did not. No. Unfortunately. Yeah, I guess he retired. Um, but yeah, I mean, Calerkin Jr., Chipper Jones, David Wright's a great pick. I mean, I feel like with this infield, we could just go, you know, endlessly about um, another. I mean, if we want to get into underrated third baseman, uh, I'll throw a name out for y'all. Uh, how about Mike Lowell? Mike Lowell, holy cow, throwing it back with that one. Talking about underrated third baseman, yeah. Mikey Lowell, uh, who I thank, every day I thank the baseball gods that I got to see him in a Red Sox uniform, even if it was uh, briefly. Um, thanks, Marlins. Uh, thank you, Florida slash Miami Marlins, for giving us Mike Lowell. Uh, oh, and that other guy, oh, that pitcher, what was, oh, yeah, Josh Beckett. Thanks for that, too. Uh, all for the price of Hanley Ramirez. How'd that work out for you? Uh, yeah. Talk about getting fleeced. Hanley Ramirez for Josh Beckett and Mike Lowell? Yeah. Um, well, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. All right. Um, any last thoughts on our dream infields? Anyone? Did we did we make any glaring errors with these? Did we? Can we look at our dream infields and be like, "Oh crap, we missed this really obvious player for this position." I mean, for for our respective eras, honestly, I don't think so. I think these were no. I, I think we did a good job. Yeah. I mean, I, I think. Yeah. I'm, I'm a little bit surprised that perhaps uh, a Mr. Wade Boggs didn't enter the conversation for third base for you, but. See, I only got to, I, well, I did actually get to see Wade Box play, but it was right at the end. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, it was, he was, he was already, um, jeez. I'm trying to think. I don't even think he, I don't even think I got to see him play for the Red Sox. Um, yeah, Wade Boggs. Um, yeah, I, no, I think given our, yeah, our sort of respective eras, I think we're good. I think we did a damn good job. 
Um, let's see, catcher, first base. There was there was one other name that I thought of for catcher that I feel like would be a a uh, a glaring error not to mention. Um, but uh, Ivan Pudge Rodriguez. Yeah, I I did. Yeah, Pudge is probably somebody who should have gotten a little bit more mention. Pudge should definitely be in that conversation for a dream, uh, you know, starting catcher. Um, I mean, him, Piazza, Veritek. I mean, those were uh, Molina, you know. Yeah, I mean, first pace, I think we did good. Cabrera and Pools. Um, I was trying to think of another... I can't really think of anyone else at first base, second base, Pedroia Utley. Yeah. Shortstop. We already talked about third base. Yeah. No, I, I think we did a pretty damn good job. Um, and again, that was not easy. Um, which by the way is why we're making you guys vote for the all two thousands, all decade team, because have fun with that. Good luck picking from all those legendary players. Knock yourselves out. Um, although, Carson, I think we will probably come up with our own all 2000s teams, deck, all decade team, but uh, the most of the pressure for that is on our fans. <laughs> Thank God for that. Yeah, you guys have fun with that. Uh, have fun storming the castle. Um, all right, let's play some buy or sell. Uh, let's jump right into these. We got some good ones. Um just a couple of days ago, news break uh, broke out of Washington, out of D.C., that the Nationals uh, have extended manager Davey Martinez. So, Carson, buy or sell the Nationals extending manager Davey Martinez. Um, Sell. What? Like, why? What? Yeah, I'm selling this hardcore. I don't get why you would, ex- like, it's, it's time for a new voice in that rebuild for me, honestly. Like. I can't believe my ears. I am I am genuinely stunned. I thought you would be on Oh man. Nope. I am genuinely stunned. I looked at this and I thought, "Oh man, Carson's going to love this move." Damn. Um I mean, I get it. I I I will acknowledge where you're coming from. I understand. I can't believe I'm going to do it. I can't believe, man. Well, this is, a, I'm about to advocate for Davey Martinez and the Washington Nationals here. I know 2019 because of, you know, COVID and everything else that's happened in the last couple of years. I know 2000, I know 2019, I know 2019 seems like forever ago. Um, but it really wasn't. It was only a few years ago. And Davey Martinez led the Washington Nationals. Let's think about that for a second. No disrespect to the Nationals or to Nationals fans, but your team's never been very good. And then Davey Martinez came along in 2017 and poof, you know, presto changeo in two years, they were World Series champions. And I know that they've kind of, I know the Nationals have kind of gone in the other direction since then, 
They've been in the middle of a massive rebuild. They traded Juan Soto. They traded Josh Bell. I know. I know all that. But it's only been two years since they started their rebuild. And they are a they are a competitive team. Uh, they've had one of the best all records since the All-Star break. They've been something like 23 and 15 since the All-Star break. Um, and they have one of the highest ranked, one of the most prized farm systems in baseball. I say give Davey Martinez, let Davey Martinez take another run at this thing, Carson. I honestly, I, I think his, I think his time is up. It's, it's time to get somebody else in for that rebuild. Well, this is for all of you who always write in and you always do. Some of you, some of you do it quite frequently. You guys always agree on everything. Oh, really? Well, here you go. Here's another example of the fact that we don't agree on everything. Um, wow, I'm I'm stunned. Um, I I honestly did not expect that. Um, all right. Um, uh, so moving on uh, to San Diego. Um, rumors. Um, and, you know, we know that there's always some nugget of truth to every rumor. But rumors, Carson, that the San Diego Padres are considering moving Xander Bogarts from shortstop next year. So buy or sell the San Diego Padres moving Xander Bogarts to first base or second base next year. I mean, I buy it. I mean, to, to try and make room for him and like, you know, put maybe a Ha-Sung Kim at, at shortstop. I'm, I'm all for getting ha Sung Kim some more playing time. So absolutely. I'll buy it. Here we go again, everybody. I'm selling the crap out of this. Are you kidding me? Xander Bogarts. I speak from personal experience. Xander Bogarts is one of the best damn shortstops in all of baseball. No disrespect whatsoever to Hassan Kim. I'm a big fan. I've I've advocated for him many times on this show. Uh, in the midst of the Fernando Tatis debacle last year, when I basically and I I shockingly enough, I actually remember pretty much exactly what I said that when Fernando Tatis Jr. came back, sorry dude, but Hassan Kim's our shortstop now um no you just got bogarts this past winter he's only played one season in san diego and already you're like so xander uh you know we want to put ha song back at shortstop so we're gonna move you to first base or second base i'm sorry what what are the what what in the name of tony gwynn are the padres thinking Tony Gwynn throwing that out of nowhere. Okay. Um, I tried to think of the most, I tried to think of a well-known Padres player and he's the first name that popped to mind. Fair enough. I would have <laughs> gone with Jake Peavy personally, but. Um, oh yeah. Jake Peavy. That's a good one. Um, but honestly, yeah, I have, I have absolutely no problem with this move. I think it's, you know, try and try and see if you can mix up the lineup, get something, get something going for, for next year. I'm fired up about this. I don't know why I'm so far. Why I'm so fired up about this is probably because I'm still angry that it's because it's isn't Xander. Wearing a, yeah, and he's not wearing a Red Sox jersey. He may not be a Red Sox anymore, but I, I am a Xander Bogarts fan 
I've been a I've been a I've been a bogey fan since day one, and I will continue to be a bogey fan. Well, maybe if he unless he ends up playing for the Yankees, which I don't ever see that happening. But no, Hassan Kim is a utility player. That means if you're gonna move anyone to a different position, move Hassan move him to first or second base. Let let bogey play shortstop where he belongs. God, what the hell is going on out there in San Diego? I this organization makes the most baffling boneheaded decisions ever. Gah. Get your shit together, San Diego. <sighs> Sounds like something straight out of Anchor, man. <laughs> I feel like I'm about I'm on the verge of channeling my inner Stephen A, which I don't like. I don't like feeling that way. That is, he is an angry, angry man. But moving Xander Bogarts, one of the best defensive shortstops in all of baseball. Yeah, I said it. I don't care if you disagree with me, at me. Moving Xander Bogarts to a position that, I mean, sure, he maybe at some point might have played. I, he's never played first base. I can guarantee that. He may have played second base a little bit. But moving him rather than moving your utility player, utility player who could play just about anywhere, is Asa 9, Asa 10, Asa 11, Asa 12. Good Stephen A reference. Very solid. <sighs> See, look what you made me do, Padres. You made me go all Stephen A Smith up in here. <sighs> and I hate you for it. Thank you. By the way, <laughs> by the way, Xander. If they try to pull this crap on you in San Diego, we will take you back. We will Boston will welcome you in with open arms, my friend. Not for that contract, uh, you won't. Well, <laughs> maybe. But uh, if the Padres keep going the way they're going, Bogey may be on the trade block before we know it. No um, way. Yeah, we'll see. See if they can get their act together next year. Um. Anyways. Moving on, staying in the National League, staying in California, in fact. Uh, Carson, buy or sell that the Dodgers have replaced the Braves as the NL's team to beat? Uh, I do love me some Dodger baseball. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This this was actually a, a hard question to to answer because both teams are doing doing pretty well right now, but um, as of right now, I think I've still got to sell. I think it's still the Braves, you know, obviously record-wise, they're still at the top. But, um, you know, until until you can unseat them, I, I, don't see, I don't see why they're not the team to beat right now. Yeah, I'm selling this too. Uh, I mean, the Dodgers went – the Dodgers have gone on a heck of a hot streak. Um, they're unfortunately back in first place. Uh yeah, so much for their reign of terror ending uh, in the NL West, at least for another year, probably. Um, unless the Diamondbacks or Giants can go on some crazy tear. Although the Diamondbacks have won four in a row, so uh, we'll see. But, um, yeah, no, I mean, you can look at the numbers, you can look at the stats, you can look at the records. But when it comes down to it, Carson, when I look at the eye test, when I look at the Dodgers and I look at the Braves, the Braves look the Braves look much more dangerous to me uh, 
than the Dodgers. Um, I mean, if I'm one of these other National League teams that's going to have to face, if I'm a, if I'm the Brewers or the Phillies or the Cubs or the Reds or the Diamondbacks or the Giants or the Marlins or any of the other 50 million teams that are apparently in contention for this National League wildcard spots, um, I mean, facing the having to face the Dodgers isn't ideal by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, but in a pick your poison situation, I would I'll take facing the Dodgers over facing the Braves. Yeah, as would I. Yeah, a hundred percent. The Braves are scary good, everybody. Although, if history teaches anything, has taught us anything, regular season success does not always guarantee success in the postseason. So just keep that in mind, Braves fans. Um. Anyways. Uh. Yeah, and last but not least, man, just all National League stuff. You know what? That's good. The National League doesn't get the National League doesn't get enough love. Everybody talks about the American League. Everyone forgets about the NL. Um, Trey Turner. So I mentioned earlier that Julio Rodriguez was the hottest player on the planet right now, but that Trey Turner might have something to say about that. Trey Turner recently, Carson had a 12 game stretch where he hit 391, eight extra base hits, 10 RBIs, and a 1.01 1.081 OPS. Uh, so buy or sell Trey Turner powering the Phillies back to the World Series. Sell the I and and I say this with a very heavy heart because I love me some Phillies baseball and I love me some Trey Turner, but I mean, come on the the National League is so stacked right now. the the Phillies the Phillies have the number one spot in the wild card, but they're only two games up on the Cubs. the The landscape in the National League could so easily shift. There are so many good teams involved. I just, I don't see it happening. This is me sitting in stunned silence again. Um, Trey Turner, when when Trey Turner signed with the Phillies, that was my, I'm pretty sure we talked about this. Trey Turner to the Phillies was my, that was my numero uno number one signing of this, this past winter. I looked at that and I went, that is the piece. That is, that is the piece the Phillies need. Last year, you know, they they went on that run. They beat the Cardinals. They beat a they beat a, a damn good Cardinals team. They beat a damn good Padres team. They oh by the way beat the aforementioned Atlanta Braves uh, in the playoffs. In case anyone forgot, uh, and they okay fine. They lost to the Astros. Whatever. Um, I know the National League is tough. I will concede that point. I will concede the National League is tough. I will concede the National League is stacked. You've got the Braves. You've got the Dodgers to worry about. Um, you know, I mean, it's wide open. Don't sleep on the Cubs or, or the Giants or any of those other teams. But Trey Turner, Trey Turner is... Between Trey Turner and the improvements that they've made to their pitching, uh, Michael Lorenzen, I think, is going to have a Michael Lorenzen is going to have a blockbuster October for the Phillies. Um, I'm buying this. I'm I'm not guarant I'm not guaranteeing that Trey Turner and the Phillies will go back to the World Series, but I am buying the very real possibility that Trey Turner could help 
power the Phillies back to the promised land. I I'll buy the prospect of it, but I won't buy it actually happening. Happening. Yeah, fair enough. Um, all right. That is a that was a very heated, contentious version of buy or sell. So I hope you all enjoyed that. And again, that's dedicated to all of you who tell us that we agree on everything. Um, let's keep it going with the mailbag. Uh, first up is Josh from Georgia. Uh, you guys have talked about how the 98 home run race saved baseball after the strike. But do you really think it needed saving? Uh, no, no disrespect here to, to Josh. Cause it is, it is a fair question, but there have been, it is, it's a good question. It, it has been mentioned in documentaries, how this saved baseball by former <laughs> baseball players. Um, so a hundred percent, it needed saving, uh, you know, but Josh wants to know if we think it needed saving still. Yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, again, like they're in the 30 for 30 long lost summer about the home run race, mm-hmm. which by the way, if you guys haven't go check that 30 for 30 out, it's, it's a good, it's one. phenomenal. Um, they, yep. they talk about how baseball was in the middle of a lull that hadn't been seen in a very long time. And that these guys made it, made it cool to be baseball players. Again, they made being a baseball player being put you back yep. into celebrity status. These were two of the most popular guys in, in America during the home Mm -hmm. run race and all that that did was put more eyes on baseball so absolutely yeah um i think you know not to launch in my into my own baseball documentary here uh but i think what a lot of people i mean everybody knows about 94 and the strike and the world series that got canceled and uh the fact that the montreal expos were on pace to have a historic season and it just got you know, cut off in the middle of it. Um, but I think what a lot of people forget about, yeah, baseball was baseball was not in great shape leading up to 94. The strike in 94 and canceling the World Series and all that other crap that went down, that was the, that was the symptom, not the cause. Baseball was not in good shape in the, in the you know, three, four, whatever years leading up to that. Baseball in the early 90s was, was in a bad way. Um, in terms of attendance, in terms of fan interest. Um, and then 94 happened, and yeah. So, yes, Josh, to answer your question, I baseball absolutely needed saving. And, you know, however you feel about everything that's come to light since 98, about Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa and, you know, all those other individuals of that era, no matter how you feel about everything that's come out since and everything we know about those players now. Yeah. 98 and, and the, and Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa going toe to toe and, and trading home runs and, and trying to chase down Roger Maris's record and absolutely save baseball. Um, I mean, I don't know how many of you were, uh, I don't know how many of you were, you know, around in 98 or, you know, watching baseball in 98. But let me tell you, and I'm not exaggerating, not even a little bit here. Carson, the summer of 98 and the home run chase between McGuire and Sosa was must-see TV. People were glued to their TVs every single day. Every time the Cardinals played or every time the Cubs played, especially when the Cubs and the Cardinals played each other, 
And of course, Mark McGuire ended up hitting six, number 62 against the Cubs. Um, baseball fans were certainly glued to their TVs, but you know, casual and even people who had never watched baseball before were also glued to their TVs. Yeah, it was it was arguably the greatest time to be a baseball fan. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, yeah, so yes, Josh. Um, the 98 home run race did save baseball, and yes, baseball did need saving. So, um, but I mean, that's a really good question, and I don't think... Uh, I don't think I've ever, nobody's, certainly nobody's ever asked us that before here on the show. So, um, good, good job. Uh, good question, Josh. Uh, Kim from California. Uh, do you think signing Paul DeYoung is the boost the Giants needed? Certainly helps with the injury to Brandon Crawford. Um, do I, Mm -hmm. do I think that Paul DeYoung is going to be the game changer that, gets him to a playoff spot. No, but he's a, he's a solid option to have while Crawford's hurt and a solid guy to have come off the bench. Yeah. Is it good? Paul DeYoung is a good boost. This was a smart move. I mean, when I saw that the Jays had DFA DeYoung, I thought somebody is going to pounce all over this dude. Somebody is going to pick him up. Um, the Giants picked him up. I mean, in one game alone, so in 13 games with the Blue Jays, DeYoung had three hits, one RBI, and zero home runs. One game, one game with the Giants, three hits, four RBIs, and a home run. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think he's the you know the missing piece uh, to get the Giants to the World Series or anything crazy like that. But yeah, it's a it's a good pickup. This was a hell of a pickup by the Giants, and he's he's gonna give them a much needed boost. Um, like, like Carson said, especially with Brandon Crawford out right now. So, um, all right, Natalie from Missouri. Uh, Bobby Witt Jr. joins a pretty good company by reaching 25-plus home runs and 35-plus stolen bases. Uh, yeah, he sure as hell did. Um, how much longer do you think he'll be wearing a Royals uniform? It better be for a long time if the Royals know what's good for him. That is the kind of player, and he's still young, that is the kind of player that you build around. That is the guy that you shape your core around as you're kind of still going through this rebuild. That is the exact yep. kind of guy that you want to put your to put your eggs, put all of your eggs into his basket. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's 23. He's already one of the best young players in baseball. Um, yeah, this kid is going to be good for years to come. Uh, and, uh, Natalie, I'm assuming being from Missouri, you're a Royal and asking this question. I'm, I'm, I'm going to assume you're a Royals fan, uh, and not a fan of that other team that plays up the road. Um, yeah, if the, if the Kansas city Royals want to get back to winning ways and get back to the, you know, the, the, 2014 2015 and going to the world series and and all that other good stuff yeah bobby wood jr is the dude that's that's the guy you need to build around um and hopefully the royals realize that and and you know uh and hang on to him um and keep him in royals blue for yeah for for a long time um all right last but not least hey 
Riley from Minnesota. Uh, you guys ranked your World Series favorites. Yes, we did. Uh, how about some surprise teams who could win it all? First of all, Carson, do we know a Riley in Minnesota? I do. I, I've got a couple of Rileys that I know in Minnesota. I know all you. I mean, I know all you Minnesotans all know each other. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm, I mean, Minnesota nice is a real thing. If we see somebody on the street and we make eye contact, we will nod at each I mean, you guys are basically South Canada, so. Oh, yeah, bud. <laughs> Anyways. Yes, uh, any, any who. Um, any who. <laughs> I, at, at this point, I would, cons- I would be hard pressed to find a better team for a surprise team that could win it all than the Brewers. Um, Mm. I would also throw the Reds into that category, the way that they've been playing as well. Um, Mm -hmm. And if they can get back into a playoff spot, the Diamondbacks. Uh, Yeah, I would be surprised. Yeah, so I, I'm looking at this and I'm going, okay, teams that if they won the World Series, I would be like, what? Um, yes, the Reds, I would be, sorry, you know, no offense, Reds fans, but I would be, yeah, I would be, if the Reds, uh, teams that if they won the World Series, I would be surprised. The Reds, uh, yeah, the Brewers, I guess. The Brewers are pretty good. Um Riley and Carson, you're twins. Sorry. Um, no, don't be sorry. I'd be surprised too. <laughs> I can't believe I'm about to say this, but if Houston, if the Astros won it again this year, I would be shocked um, because the Astros are not the same Astros, even if they did swipe Verlander back from the Mets. Um Other teams, I would be surprised. I, I mean, I I, I got to put my Red Sox in there um, because their defense is atrocious uh, and they're honoring the age-old Red Sox tradition of stranding burners on the bases uh, every game. Um, I wouldn't, no, I wouldn't be surprised. The Phillies or the Cubs wouldn't surprise me. Um I think the team that might most surprise me if they pulled it off, Carson, uh, would be the Marlins. Yeah, I'd be surprised. But again, that's assuming if they get back into a playoff spot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're not, they're currently two games out of a playoff spot, but if they get into the playoffs and, and that's no, that's not a slight against the Marlins, Marlins fans. The Marlins are, are a heck of a team. Um, You've got, you guys have got yourselves a, pretty damn good baseball team down there in South Florida. Um, but if they, if they pull that thing off, cause you know, thinking about teams that would surprises if they won Carson, you're looking at, I mean, we've kind of beaten a dead horse here, but we're looking at the national league. I mean, the team that comes just the team that, that comes out of the national league that wins the national league pennant, the teams they would have to get through to get there. You got to get past the Cubs. You got to get past the Phillies, uh, the Dodgers, the Braves. I mean, yeah, the the Marlins would surprise the hell out of me. Um, I think fair to say, Carson, more there would be more surprises out of the National League than the American League. I would agree with that. 
Because I think if we look at the American League, Orioles, yeah, that wouldn't be a surprise. Rangers, also not a surprise. Tampa Bay, nope. Uh, some people would probably say they would be surprised if the Mariners won it. I wouldn't. Um, yeah, a lot more surprises in the National League. <sighs> Come on, October. Hurry up and get here. I'm ready for playoff baseball. Um, yeah, so that's the mailbag. Um, thank you as always, everyone for sending in your mailbag stuff. Keep that stuff coming, uh, to us via email at ethaningstretch.gmail.com, uh, directly on Spotify. Again, all you have to do is click on the episode page and the, the thing is right there at the bottom. Uh, and of course on Twitter, eighth inning pod real quick, real, real quick, must watch games. Um, well, Eh, eh. Wow, this this there ain't much. slate of games is kind of there's not a lot. I mean, Dodgers Red Sox, Dodgers Red Sox is pretty good. That will be Mookie Betts' first trip back to Boston uh, since joining the uh, evil empire of the West Coast. Um, Braves Giants, Braves Giants is a good one. I think I've got to go Braves Giants. Um, you've got the Braves, who are 82 wins and counting, and the Giants, who are fighting for a playoff spot. Um, that's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, all good series. Um, yeah. Real quick, Tankathon. Um, you know what? You've got your pick. You've got your pick this time out, man. Yeah, no kidding. Cavalcade crapness. But simply because of what they've done. Angels, Mets. Nice. nice. How could you? <laughs> I, I knew you were going to pick that. <laughs> well, it's officially a tankathon now because there's no Shohei Otani. Yeah. That is definitely a tankathon. So if you want to watch Anthony and... Rendon or whoever Ugh. else, if you want to watch Lucas Giolito. Uh, no disrespect and... to Lucas Giolito or Anthony Rendon. No, or if you want to watch the most disappointing team in baseball this year, the New York Mets. Yeah. Ugh. Gross. Gross. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh. Yeah. Must watch games. Um. I don't really have a. I sort of had a particular one last thing. Uh. I was gonna go on this whole rant about Framber Valdez hitting a batter after giving up a home run. Um, but all that sort of got lost in the shuffle with the news about Shai Otani. I just, and I don't think this gets said nearly enough, but this this whole Shai Otani situation, Carson, is a reminder or should serve as a reminder to players and coaches and especially fans that these guys aren't robots. They're human beings. Their bodies are only built, you know, no matter how much training and conditioning and working out or whatever they do, their bodies aren't actually built to stand up to the, all the wear and tear that gets put on them over the course of a 162 game season plus playoffs, if you're lucky enough to get there. And I just, I think we, I think we're all guilty of forgetting that sometimes um, that these players are actually human beings um and they are gonna get hurt uh and i just i would like to hope 
that this Shohei Otani situation serves as a big giant reminder of that. Um, and again, just kind of obviously want to send all my good vibes and all my good energy and everything to Shohei Otani and his family and Angels fans. Uh, and send the complete opposite, all the bad vibes and bad energy and curses and everything at the Angels organization. Yep. Couldn't have said it better. <laughs> uh, yeah, couldn't, couldn't, really couldn't have said it better. Um, thanks, Angels, for your your halo is broken. That's all I'll say. Um, yeah, your halo's been replaced by horns. Yeah, no kidding. Um, <laughs> I I guess the in in light of everything going on in the world in in Maui and in California, just for for kind of a quick mm. one last thing, just check on your loved ones. Uh, make sure everybody's doing mm-hmm. good. Um, if you've got family or anything in the area but even if you don't check on your loved ones it's it's a it's a nice thing it's a nice thing to do especially if you haven't really talked to them in a while yeah 100 absolutely well said um and also if you can an emphasis on if you can if you are able uh if you're able anything you can do to help uh anything you can do to help the people in Maui, the people in California or anywhere else that's that are that's being affected by these, you know, the wildfires and the natural disasters, which seem to be constant right now. Um, any little thing you could do to help, whether it's donating, you know, and not in it, not even necessarily your money, uh, you know, donate your time, donate, you know, uh, donate stuff that these people need. Um, it's, it's all too easy to to just google you know um i mean i did it myself earlier you know how can i help people in maui how can i help the people in california or you know wherever it may be um because even though you might only be able to do a little bit that little bit helps and that will make a difference for the people affected by these disasters yeah, absolutely. Well said. And again, like like AJ said, emphasis on only if you can. Right. And and that's why I said it doesn't even necessarily have to be a monetary donation. It can be a donation of another kind. I mean, obviously, you know, if you live in New York, you know, volunteering in Maui or California, you know, yeah, I mean, obviously that doesn't work. But if you live in or near these areas, trust me, they will be looking for volunteers. Um, so anyways, that's my little telethon bit for now. Um, I already talked about all the different ways to contact us. Follow us on Twitter, 8th Inning Pod. Don't forget to check out our awesome sponsors at Printer Dudes, uh, your one-stop shop for the coolest 3D printed toys and collectibles. Uh, on the interwebs, check them out at printerdudes.etsy.com. And as a thank you for being a fan of the show, you can use promo code HOMERUN, that's one word, and save 10% off your order at printerdudes.etsy.com. That's printerdudes, D-O-O-D-S. My friend, we are at the end of another episode. We are now, wait for it. I know you've all been waiting for this. Carson, we are Matt Carpenter episodes away from 100. Yankees legend Matt Carpenter. Yeah. <laughs> um Cardinals legend Matt Carpenter. What? 
Yankees legend. I'm messing with you. Yankees legend. Um, seriously, though, we're getting ever closer to one uh, to our 100th episode. We have so much cool stuff planned for you guys. You don't even know. You, you, you don't even know how much cool stuff we have planned for you guys. Keep your votes coming to the 8th Inning Dread Ballad Ballot of Awesomeness um, that is available right there on the front page of our Twitter page. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much wrap. Oh, one 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 more last thing before we go, Carson, real quick. Um, since we are now officially at the end of the NFL preseason, uh, real quick, put you on the spot. Your pick to win Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas. Oh, crap. I haven't even really thought about it yet. Um, don't even think about it. Don't don't think about it. Then I'll say Minnesota Vikings. But um, <laughs> well, I mean, let's be really. No, yes. Let's be realistic. We ain't getting anywhere close. Um, Super Bowl pick. I'll go with. I will never root for Aaron Rodgers, so I'll go with... That's all right. They're not going to make the playoffs anyways. I don't know. Let's go with the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, solid pick. Um, fair warning, you're not going to link this. You are definitely not going to link oh, this. No. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, your Super Bowl 58 champions this February at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, Nevada... Super Bowl MVP Jared Goff, the D- Detroit Lions. Yeah. Ew. I know. I Ew. knew. I knew. I knew you were gonna Ew. like that. <laughs> Ew. If there is a world, if there is a world where the Detroit Lions win a Super Bowl before my Vikings, before the Vikings, I don't want to be in that world. Uh, Carson's gonna be on the first rocket to Mars. Um. Anyways, that is a wrap for us. Thank you all so much, as always, for tuning in. Um, Everybody have an awesome weekend. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back with you guys on Monday.